are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material and before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at ComBank. And today for our last podcast of 2021 in what has been a very eventful year is Stephen Halmerick, our Chief Economist. Stephen, nice to have you on. Thanks, Belinda. Very good to be with you. Now, we're going to have a bit of a a wrap-up of what has been, as I said, an extraordinary year for the global and local economy and just have some thoughts about how 2022 may evolve and obviously we're recording this on the 20th of December just as the new Omicron variant is really charging its way through a lot of countries across the world Uh, but Stephen the last year for the global economy has obviously been good what are some of the main takeaways that you've uh, taken from it? Yes as you say you know the the Omicron variant is um, front and centre of people's minds but now for the global economy last year, uh, we're expecting that the economy, you know, the global economy expanded by 6.4%. So that's a really strong recovery from the recession of the year before. But for 2022, we do see the global growth rate moderating uh, down to 4.3%. That's still pretty good, actually close to the long-run average. But certainly a bit of a moderation from um, this year's really rapid recovery growth rate. So for me, there's been a couple of key thematics for 2021. We've had COVID, but it seems like with each wave of COVID, the impact on economic activity has been slightly less. We've had inflation become front and centre of many economies around the world because of supply chain issues, rising energy costs. Then I think the third theme has really been a push from central banks to start to wind back the extraordinary monetary stimulus. Yes, I think that's right. I think what we learned through 2021 is, um, you know, central banks and governments very, very keen to support growth and extraordinary monetary policy easing, extraordinary fiscal policy easing. And really that did the trick and, you know, really helped consumers and then, as you say, uh, one of the flow-ons has been uh, this big um, big impact on supply chain mm. that couldn't really keep up with the demand for goods. And so we've seen inflation rising in, in a number of countries, but particularly the U.S. Mm. So inflation in the U.S. has been very high and the, um, the chair of the Federal Reserve, Jay Powell, you know, persisted with this transitory view on inflation for a while and then completely abandoned it. And now yeah. the Fed's... Um, you know, going to wind back its quantitative easing program uh, at double the pace that they, they initially thought. And we think that by March next year, the quantitative easing program in the U.S. is finished and that by May next year, the U.S. Fed will be raising interest rates. And yep. a few other central banks doing the same. I, sorry, I should, should just say um, in New Zealand mm. and the Bank of England surprising yes. a lot of people last week and putting interest rates up. Yeah, yeah. so I was going to say a head of international economics, Joe Caperso, I think has been saying for quite some time that the Fed could be behind the curve in the US. So he's been watching uh, the, the lift in inflation, trimmed inflation in particular, as well as wages growth and thought that the Fed may have to tighten early and that certainly looks like it's going to be even earlier 
than what we had initially expected with that first lift in May. But that's certainly going to be a theme for 2022. So we've said the Bank of England's already lifted, RBNZ's already lifted, but 2022 will certainly be a year where we see further tightening by central banks. Yes, we certainly do think that'll be one of the key themes for next year is this rising inflation pressures, concerns uh, about uh, central bank monetary policy being too easy and a number of central banks having to wind back not just their unconventional monetary policy settings but actually begin to lift now, conventional mm-hmm. monetary policy by raising interest rates. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but we think the Reserve Bank of Australia will be one of those central banks as well. Probably the, the main exception to this is uh, the People's Bank of China. Uh, so we had Kevin Shea on our podcast uh, last week, who uh, is our senior Asia economist, who really talked through what is happening in China and the fact that they're actually uh, easing policy in some angles. So while we have a lot of advanced economies and advanced central banks looking at lifting interest rates, I guess Australia's major trading partner is actually going in the opposite direction. Yes, well, we do think economic growth in China is moderating. We're expecting growth of just on 5% next year, which sounds pretty high, but Mm. uh, that's, uh, that's a fairly slow pace of growth for China. So policymakers are going to continue to you know, um, have pro-growth policies to try and encourage a bit more growth, particularly with um, you know their medium-term objectives of moving the economy more towards a services-based rather than a you know goods and exports-based economy. Now, one of the other major themes that we've seen over 2021 and uh, CBA's global economic and markets research team has spent a lot more time on is sustainable economics. So we had COP26, so the climate conference, who really looked at elevating uh, the number of countries making net zero commitments. Uh, Our research team has been spending a lot of time writing on this. Do you think this thematic is going to continue in 2022? Uh, Without doubt, I think this will be one of the other key developments of the global economy next year is the ongoing process of policies and technology and and frameworks to transition the global economy to a lower carbon growth model. Uh, So as you say, you know, in the research team at ComBank, we're spending a lot more of our time thinking about these issues and writing about these issues. The COP26 conference, the future of energy sources such as hydrogen, circular economy, biodiversity, and quite a long list of things that we've been focusing on. Um, you know, a little bit away from the day-to-day of, of markets and economies, more towards a you know, structural, medium-term view on this really critical issue for the global economy. It certainly uh, made a lot of our economists in our team pivot as well as in, in terms of our uh, knowledge base as well, which has been very interesting. Yeah, it's a, a great skill set to have and we're really <laughs> developing inside our team you know, that, that centre of excellence and, and a place for all our clients and um to go to for information on this vast array of policies that we put under the sustainable economic banner. Now, let's turn to the Australian economy now and New South Wales and Victoria. We've been out of lockdown uh, for a couple months now. We've had very high vaccination rates, which have led to a pretty swift recovery in the Australian economy. Uh, what's your view of how the economy is tracking just in these last this last week, really, of 2021? Well, it's been looking very strong and, and probably the best place to point is the November employment report. Mm. So employment was up you know, 366,000 people in the month of November and the important thing about that number is that it was actually slightly larger than the jobs loss 
while we're in lockdown in New South Wales and Victoria. So the job losses through August, September, October were more than offset by gains in November. And the unemployment rate uh, back down to 4.6%, yeah. which is pretty much where it was before the Delta lockdown started. So you know, great recovery. And we can also see through the Combank credit and debit card spending numbers and also through the HSI index, the Household Spending Intentions Index, that uh, you know, spending was very strong through November and into early December. Now, we'll get to the RBA in a minute and the outlook for 2022, but also some data that we got out. On the same day, Thursday last week was a really busy day, was the mid-year economic and fiscal outlook. So the mid-year budget, put it in a different way, and the budget deficit was still larger than what we had expected. Yeah, so we did get that update last week, as you say. So we, we thought that the improving economy would mean that the projected budget deficits would be smaller over the next uh, four years. Uh, and we definitely got a, you know, a, a positive mm. impact from that change in the economic parameters. So over the, over the four years, the budget bottom line would have improved by $48 billion, given that the economy performed better than expected. Uh, but the government spent $44.8 billion of that 44, $48 billion. Mm. So, uh, And the two main areas where they spent that extra money was you know, supporting the economy through the Delta lockdown uh, and also the National Disability Insurance Scheme. There was actually an increase in spending on NDIS of $26.4 billion over the four years. So we end up still with um, quite large budget deficits over the next four years and they are progressively declining each year. And I think the other thing that's going to be important is it looks like the budget next year will be brought forward yes. to the end of March yep. and then the election we think will be in May and um, I don't think it's a, a long uh, bow to draw that fiscal policy is going to remain highly accommodative uh, into the election campaign. That is, uh, both the government and the opposition will be uh, you know, keen to continue to support the economy with uh, these large budget deficits as uh, as we go through 2022. Now, that's going to be an important offset when we talk about our view on monetary policy and also, I guess, our view on the Australian economy in 2022, which we think is quite strong. And obviously, the main caveat to that is the new variant. But based on our outlook for the Australian economy in 2022, we do have the RBA winding back on the extraordinary monetary policy stimulus that's been in place uh, during the pandemic. Yes, that's right. I mean, both the Reserve Bank and ourselves are quite optimistic on the economy next year. You know, we're expecting economic growth of about 5% in 2022. But where we differ from the Reserve Bank is we think that growth will come along with some higher inflation mm-hmm. pressures. Yep. And the labour market's tightening, as we just talked about. We've got global supply uh, issues. There's a lot of money you know, circulating through the economy. So we think uh, inflation will be firmly in the middle of the Reserve Bank's target range. So, you know, they target 2 to 3%. We'll think we'll be around 25 maybe even up to 27 through the middle of next year, whereas the Reserve Bank doesn't think we'll get to 2.5% inflation until 2023. Mm. So uh, our higher inflation forecasts lead us to the view that the Reserve Bank will be uh, beginning to raise interest rates in November next year. Uh, the Reserve Bank themselves are still signalling that it's not until maybe 2023 before they raise rates. So we think interest rates are rising in Australia about a year ahead of the current Reserve Bank guidance. So it sounds like the main thematics for the Australian economy in 2022 will be strong growth, higher inflation and higher interest rates. Yes, I think that's right. So 
as you mentioned, strong growth. So that comes with strong employment market, mm. which might uh, then lead to some higher inflation. And we think the Reserve Bank has to respond to that. And then globally, um, as we talked about, you know, climate change um, policies that continue the transition of the global economy are going to be critical as well. Uh, we do also think that by early next year, the Reserve Bank is going to be uh, tapering and then uh, completing their quantitative easing program, their, their bond purchase program. So that's going to wrap up at the latest in May, uh, maybe even earlier in February. So there's um, going to be plenty on the plate, uh, as they say, yeah. for 2022. Uh, but at, at the moment, uh, of course, we've got the risks of COVID still mm. going to be ever-present. But the outlook is looking uh, pretty strong for next year. I think in terms and in the context of very high vaccination rates in Australia. Yeah, that's right. I think the fact that we're 90% plus on vaccination rates and people are now starting to get their boosters mm. um, is going to be one of the factors that really does support the Australian economy, perhaps uh, more so than some of the other bigger economies uh, internationally. Well, that's probably a good place to leave it, a good wrap-up of 2021 and some of the thematics our clients and listeners can expect in 2022. It's going to be another big year, particularly, I think, for central banks who are looking at winding back uh, all the stimulus they've been provided during the pandemic. Inflation is going to remain a major issue, as well as, unfortunately, COVID is still going to be something we, we have to live with. Stephen, thank you so much for joining on our last podcast for 2021. My pleasure. Thanks, Belinda, and all the best to all our clients. Thank yes, you. yes. Happy holidays to all our listeners, and we really appreciate you joining in uh, to listen to all our podcasts over 2021. Now, if you'd like to read Stephen Halmerich's Vantage Point Report, uh, which is a great wrap-up of 2021 and the thematics to watch in 2022, you can read that on combankresearch.com.au. That report was published on the 17th of December 2021. Our report on the MIEFO was also published as well as our labour market report on the 16th of December 2021. Where CBA data is referred to, this means the proprietary data of the bank. As the statistics take into account only the bank's data, it may not reflect all trends in the market. All customer data used or represented is anonymised and aggregated before analysis and is used and disclosed in accordance with the bank's privacy policy.